0: Hi, this is Allison Reed wanted to, from the Prairie Group. I wanted to welcome everybody for showing up today for part two of the Mastering the CRM sales process. Welcome, everyone. This is Allison Reed. I'm the founder of the Prairie Group. I also have with me my partner in crime, Sharon. She is the co-founder of the Prairie Group. We are located in Goodyear, Arizona. We've been in business since um, October 2018, and we specialize in the art of CRMs. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to start off with a quick recap we just discussed in part one of the series last week for those who didn't make it, and then we're going to talk about this week um, as far as different things to look for when you're looking for a CRM. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and
1: share my screen. Just give me one second. We'll go with it from there. OK. So just a quick recap from last week. We talked
0: about, um, master- so the title of the class is Mastering CRM for Small Business Success. We're going to talk about a comprehensive guide to implementing and also taking a look at CRM market. So with that being said, some of the objectives of the class is have a basic concept of functionality of a customer relationship management system, how it can help a small business, look for different types of features and functionality that you want to have to improve your business process, and hopefully you come away with some of the benefits implemented in the CRM. So this was a real interesting statistic that we saw when we were out here dealing with this. Um, we got into this market and, I, and by the way, my background is I've been in sales since um, 1987 long time I mean I got into sales and technical sales when there was DOS, 3, DOS versus Windows 3.0. so I've seen like the entire gamut and so I've had the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes down to CRMs. because for those of you who don't know, CRM is a customer relationship management software. It is a tool used by salespeople in order to manage their business process. But here's the really crazy part about this. So in 2022, the market had a $64 billion, right? So what they spent. This year's projected at $71 billion. By 2023, sorry, by 2030, We're projecting this thing to have $157 billion. But here's an interesting statistic behind that. 20 to 70% of all CRMs that are implemented, they actually fail. So if you think about the money that's being wasted on a tool that should be helping people with their sales process, that is astronomical. And to kind of give you put things in a different context, in sales, you have to do this thing called forecasting, right? Well, forecasting is basically what you're going to save every quarter to make your business grow. So in public traded companies, the forecast actually goes up and it has an impact on your stock. So if that's the case, you have 20 to 70% failing in a multi-billion dollar industry. That is a huge, significant problem that a lot of times is not being addressed. We're going to take a look at some of the reasons why CRMs fail from our perspective, and we're going to kind of go with it from there. So with that being said, why do they fail? Well, one of the things is lack of clear, clear objective. What we're finding is that sometimes you don't have the right stakeholders in place. And so you may have sales leadership that sees this this tool that really looks great, right? But they're not talking to the other stakeholders inside of the company. When I was in sales in the Midwest, I was originally from Chicago. I was doing a government contract and my territory (laughs) consisted of Kansas, Missouri, um, Illinois, Wisconsin, all those great tourist spots with a lot of windshield time, right? So, I was running about six to eight appointments per day, and it used to drive me crazy when I would come back in and I had to use this tool that was just not sales friendly. But you have to set hey, recap your day. You have to talk about what you sold, who your interaction follow with emails, all this other stuff, right? But it just wasn't it wasn't it was not friendly. And these are Fortune 50 companies that I work for. So we talk about poor planning and and, and strategy, inadequate training and support. Um, one of the, la- the last corporate job I had, um, the CRM we got trained on was just awful and our trainer left. And so we wound up trying to fend for ourselves and you're trying to send out product samples and you don't know how to use it. So we lost so much selling time because we're trying to sit down and learn a system. They did not have any good documentation. They didn't have any training. They didn't even have any help tools, which is just unbearable. Data quality, Right, you really hate me. You have to put information in there, and the information comes out wrong. Um, lack of management buy-in. Um, we have a philosophy here in terms of we talk to all the different stakeholders for, for the organization. We just don't talk to sales. We want to talk to sales leadership. We want to talk to operations. We want to talk to anyone who touches our systems. That way, we get their insight on what they want to see because the way sales uses it is totally different from the way sales leadership does it. Poorly designed systems. We touched on that a little bit. We're that touch on that today a lot. Um, no user involvement. Wouldn't it be interesting if they ever gave feedback from sales in terms of what would they like to see, right? Especially these days now where you're not just using your PCs, you're using your cell phone, right? So does that system have a mobile application that you can drag and drop things to in order to get your day done? And one of the last things we're going to talk about is the lack of Continuous improvement, right? You just don't sell the CRM, then you're just stuck with it. There needs to be some type of feedback. How's the system working? Where's the opportunity for change? We go from one version to the next version, okay? And so life cycle, 360 degree. Um, we talked a little bit about worldwide interaction, automated process. We're gonna really hit a little bit on that today because at the end of the day, if you're using the CRM correctly, it should help you to grow your relationship with your customers. It should have things in place where Lack of better terms, before you really start having CRMs out there, you would actually have a thing called a tickler file, right? Which is like a reminder of when to follow up with people. So that would be an interesting concept to have it automated, where it says, "Okay, well, I met with this customer today; need to follow up with them six months from now because it's a long life cycle." Wouldn't that be nice to have your calendar pop up six months from now, fifteen minutes before you're supposed to follow up, and give you a reminder, right? Um, Little things like that to actually be programmed in. To really help you save a lot of time, to help your business grow, um, and just give you continued success, even things like as you're building relationships, because I'm a firm believer that people actually buy from people. So imagine this: you have a CRM that pops up, and it's someone's birthday, and you actually have a reminder to send them a birthday card, right? Or some type of significant milestone that you're doing. Little touches like that really help that relationship to grow. And if we go here. I can it help your small business, right? Centralized repository of putting your data. You could automate routine tasks, which is what I do a lot of because at the end of the day, if I find myself having to do things manually over and over and over again, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to automate it. And the reason why I want to do that is because it puts time back in my day. Here's a good example. So whenever you have a customer engagement and it's a good conversation. They give you more work. So I have I put together workflow automations or automated tasks. So if I leave the customer, so in my funnel it says prospect encounter or contact made, prospect qualified, right? I could be in my car, I can drag and drop, have an email automatically go out, put it on my calendar in seven days to follow up again, versus me having to write it down on a sheet of paper, wait till I have my next stop, pull out a computer, log in, type that information up in my CRM, put a follow-up tag in my CRM, go to my email, open that up, and send out a thank you email. That's ridiculous. Why not just automate that task with drag and drop and you're done? Right? It gives you more time. And some of the things that we do, we actually calculate by stuff, little things like that whole automation. It puts 30 minutes back in my day. So, if I have 10 appointments, 30 minutes each, that's three hours of productivity I'm getting back in my day. That's three hours. I could be seeing customers. That's three hours. I could be sending out quotations, proposals. I could be doing all these growth, excuse me, all these things that's going to make my business grow. First, we sit in the office playing admin. It's yet returning our investment, but it goes back to that multi billion dollar loss that people are getting and that they're getting every month from a company perspective because they don't think out systems. We do because we took ourselves an operational experience. We have over 75 years of both. And we put that in place and we start saying, okay, how can we build systems? How can we get the people to actually use it? Right? How can we get feedback? Every system that we implement, we make it mandatory for training. What a novel concept. We come back eight weeks later and we do more training. And the reason behind that, you're going to have a a aha moment during that eight-week period. Plus, it's been proven that it takes people eight weeks to develop a new habit. So we want to come back. They're going to have those aha moments. They're going to have a ton of questions because they've gotten used to using the system. And it's going to give productivity. It's going to make their productivity go up significantly. Um, We really like to have insights and reporting. Here's an interesting thing. So if I said to myself for this quarter, I want to give myself a 20% raise, right? Well, wouldn't it be great To know what that number is, wouldn't it be great for me to press a button and report kicks out and says that in twenty twenty two you sold this dollar amount and it puts a twenty percent factor on and it tells you this is what we need to do. At that point, now I could put together a territory definition plan in order to get that twenty percent because I know what those numbers are. It should not have to be a fire drill every time you need to get numbers. If you set up your system design, you, if you set up your design up, you have your reporting tied into your products and your forecast. You should, salespeople should not have to be, had their leadership, bring them everyone in from territory, let's sit down and update your forecast. I've had too many of those fire drills. I never appreciated them. They just drove me crazy because you're taking my, or the entire team production. Why not press a button, design a system where the reports automatically go out, right, in ways that you can actually read just the common sense factor again, okay? So, and this is all the things too. And by the way, things I'm talking about, you don't have to be a Fortune 50 company to do these things. When we started this company in October, 2018, uh, it was me, Sharon, and the dog. I mean, it was the three of us, that was the team, right? So what we did, we were able to put together systems and processes in place. We made our CRM and an employee made them our personal assistant, right? We use the CRM and integrated with other tools. and We're going to be talking about some of those other tools today, so I'll give you a good example. We took our CRM, we tied it into a phone dialing system, we tied it into a quotation system, and we built a turnkey application where I could do click to dial, call on my leads, If they don't answer, I could do a voicemail drop that puts time back in my day versus me having an to leave that same message over and over again. I tied it into a quoting tool where I could have nice proposals that went out the door. And We even tied into our payment processing tool called Stripe. We we're able to actually build, whether it's ACH, credit card, PayPal, you name it. It was the three of us, right? But they didn't have to have that appearance. It was just the three of us because we used technology. We harnessed it in a way where it just made us look much bigger than what we are. So for all the small businesses that are out there, uh, we were able to do things at a very economical price. We had a case study that was written on us by one of our vendors where we actually put together a process and we made it a lead generation tool that generated three qualified leads per day for less than 20 bucks a day. That go figure, right? That's just don't go to McDonald's, right? I mean, just don't go out for lunch and you're able to build a system that way. Now, that's not, that's not incorporating the cost to build it, but just factoring in the software that we had to have in place. And by the way, too, I want this to be interactive. So if anyone has any questions along the way, um, feel free to just stop me and just ask. So these are some of the features that we felt were important um, as far as the CRM Contact management. H- how do you manage your contacts? Right. Uh, I know some people, they use Excel, which is great. We use our legal pads. You spill coffee on it. That's great. But how are you managing your contacts today, right? How how are you able to manage your contacts and do little things like maybe a group email, right? And here's what I mean by that. I segment my contacts by verticals. So if there's any type of promotion I want to promote to mortgage industry, I can segment that by vertical, have a label on it, do a group email, and send out to a couple of hundred people that verbiage in less than five minutes, right? Go figure. So contact management, sales manager, I am a huge believer in, number, in numbers. Um, always was, I, I, when I first, early in my career, it was, if you, can manage, if you can manage who you're selling, what you're selling and where you're selling, it kind of eliminates the why, right? So case in point, am I spending too little or too less on my internet strategy, right? My web strategy. Should I be doing more with print? Should I be doing more with email marketing? Should I be doing more with DAO, right? Interesting thing to know where your sales are coming from, right? And again, by ha- having a CRM system that's designed that way, we can actually track your spend as a small business owner. That helps out tremendously because, in a lot of cases, with companies I work with, they may think it's internet, but it may be email. And so, if you know that, now you're able to use your budget and shift gears and put more money for what's working and less money for what's not working. But how do you know that, right? Um, we, we worked with someone during the pandemic, which was interesting. It was an accounting company out in Georgia and she wanted to target all small businesses that were geared towards PPP money. We were able to work with her. We were able to put together a vertical marketing campaign by what segment they were in. And it just made her money go, it just made her grow tremendously. Um, marketing automation, we talked about that. I, I do a lot of automation because again, I need to have time back in my day um, very important factor here, especially when you're a small business, customer satisfaction and retention, right? How is your customer feeling about you as far as your job goes? Did you do a good job for them? Will they be coming back for you? When you are any type of person, when you're any type, excuse me, a salesperson, you hate this term it's called churn, right? And what only that means is that they left you, right? So why did they leave you? What could you have done stronger, right? Did they not like the software? Did they not understand how to use the software? What was it? Was it you didn't have the right hours? I mean, I mean, what was it about that experience that made them want to leave? By understanding those KPIs or key performance indicators, what you're able to do at that point, you're able to tweak your business and you're able to factor in, okay, this is what we need to be doing better. But if you don't have a system that's telling you that, right? it's not going to help you at all. And it ties into the last factor. We talk about analytics and reporting, right? All four of those things feed into number five. And if you have what I call customized data fields, I can extract that information for press of a button. It's going to give me my analytics and my reporting. And when we sit down and we have our quarterly business reviews or QBRs, we're able to look at that information and say, okay, these are our KPIs that we're hitting. These are the KPIs we need that we have to have improvement for because Anyone knows if you're a small business, you always have to look for ways to improve. You always have to look for ways of what could I be doing better? How could I get quicker, stronger, faster? You always have to do that. So as we continue, here are some of the benefits. We talked about a lot of this today. Centralize your data, right? Operational efficiency, making your team better. Improve your sales management experience. Have valuable insights that ties back into the reporting. And most of all, that ultimate customer experience, right? That one customer that you have that good experience about, they may tell three other people. That one customer you have that bad experience about, they're going to tell everybody that wants to listen. And we get a lot of our business here from referrals, and that's a good thing for us because if we get business from referrals, that tells us that we're doing something right. And we do lose the customer, and it happens because it could be budget, right? Um, doing a PPP space, a lot of people had to stop buying things because the world shut down. I mean, sorry, during the pandemic, the world shut down. They, they couldn't afford a lot of stuff they were doing. So we felt the pressures behind that, and we've sat down and figured, okay, well, these are some efficiencies that, if you tweak this, you can put more money back in your pocket. Okay. So as we continue, so you made the decision that you want to get a CRM. Okay. So. What we did here is that we put together a series of slides to help you with that decision-making process. What we typically do here is when we put together a CRM for our customers, we typically have a form that we send over to them just to extract the type of information that we need to extract to make sure what they really want is what we actually are saying. Because in a lot of cases, if we're not speaking the same language, things are missed. So here's some of the factors, right? So let's start at the top. What's your budget? Okay, That's a very important factor there, right? Um, software costs and the way it works for companies like myself, you typically pay the software vendor. You don't pay me for the software. So the question becomes, are you going to pay monthly? or Are you going to do an annual subscription? In most cases, companies will offer you an annual subscription to entice you to buy annually because it alleviates churn. But here's a bigger question, right? If you're doing it yourself, I would strongly suggest that you do monthly. Here's the reason why. You can get out of it. It's, it's just that simple. If you have it annual and you have a downturn, now you're stuck. You can't get out, right? That ties it to number two. Are you, gonna do, are you a do-it-yourselfer? Or are you going to hire a CRM consultant? Uh, or are you going to hire somebody that you know? Here's what I'll say about that. Um, just because somebody understands a keyboard does not make them a CRM person, okay? It just doesn't. And what I mean by that, there is a lot, there is a science behind that because guess what? If it wasn't, we talked about that slide earlier, we had these large corporations that are losing billions of dollars annually that would not be a factor for them. So there is a process to that. Uh, we, we had a company recently that we're doing two migrations from Salesforce over to a different platform that we're using. Um, their web guy thought he was a CRM guy, right? And he had them believe in it. Well, that's a problem with that now, because guess what? Now they're paying us to fix their mess, because at the end of the day, I don't know web. I don't pretend like I know web he, he shouldn't have pretended like he knows CRM. So take a look at your CRM consultant. Look at their credentials, right? I mean, when you go to the doctor's office, don't you make sure they have a degree? You know, you're not going to go to the doctor's office and, and it's a podiatrist, but you need foot surgery. I mean, you need, you know, surgery. So you're going to make sure that that person has the right credentials, that they are actually certified. We did a migration with Salesforce. We are not a Salesforce partner. I would not go in there and start a brand new Salesforce engagement because guess what? I am not certified to do that. What that basically means, if I get into a jam, Salesforce is not going to get me out of it. Now, when they moved over from Salesforce to a different platform, well, yeah, I can fix that because I have the support of the organizations they were moving over to. So, I would take on a job like that, but I'm not Salesforce certified. I'm not going to try and sit up here and do a Salesforce. I know better. Um, the next thing is that consultant going to offer you training and what type? Everybody learns different. For every group started off as a training organization, right? Some people do very well using web based tutorials. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I bought a digital marketing class three years ago and I said I was going to be the best digital marketer in the world. 24-hour class, I'm an hour three, right? Can't get past that third hour. It has nothing to do with aptitude. It has something to do with my time. Because if I get the phone call from someone saying, hey, we need a CRM, I'm cutting that video off, right? So when we say we do training with our companies, individual, because all of our systems are customized, what I mean by that is that we want this system to fit you like a glove on your hand. And so we don't do one size fit all. So shouldn't we train you on that? And should we come back to help you? Another key factor, right? Are they going to offer you a statement of work? And let me explain how we do statement of works. And these are everything I'm giving you now. If you decide to go for another company, these are questions you need to ask them, right? A statement of work is just an agreed upon document on what we're going to do and what you want. There has to be that mutual handshake between the two of those. So we put the SOW statement of work in writing, okay? We have a meeting, review it, all sign off on it. That way we know what we're supposed to do. You know what we said we're gonna do. The reason why we do that, we do it to protect not only ourselves, but also you. Because a lot of times you start talking about technology and integration, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of things for misinterpretation. So by putting together that SOW, we don't have that problem, right? Another big one, do you have an India or non-disclosure agreement? You are empowering your CRM person to have access to all your customer data. Okay. I do not take on a job unless I have an NDA from that company I can sign because what it basically does, it protects them against, it protects us and my team taking anything we're not supposed to. It protects them as far as their customer data because at the end of the day, you work hard for your customers. It is my obligation to, to protect you and your customer base. So make sure you have an NDA and an SLW. If you do decide to go with a CRM consultant, um, are there any any maintenance fees? And here's what I mean by that, right? Um, are you just going to have a CRM? Are you going to have them build a system, and they're gone? Or are you going to have a biannual checkup for new things that are coming out, right? Any upgrades from the software manufacturer? And here's what I mean by that. Because uh, we had a question last week. A lot of the things that we do, we take off-the-shelf software, and we customize it. We're not programmers, okay? So with that being said, there are tons of updates that happen every quarter. So what we do here is that we put together a newsletter that updates you about new features. It's coming down a pike, you know, tips and tricks. That way you can adjust your team accordingly. So we do that. This, the newsletter is free that we send out because it, it, it avoids customers leaving. It keeps them abreast of what's going on, but it's also a good thing to have. When we start talking about maintenance fees, that basically means when we have to go in there and actually tinkling with your system at that point, we can sit down and we can have that conversation. Now, if, if the CRM, if the, if the consultant has built your CRM, they know what they're getting. So they built it. so There should be some type of discount structure that's passed along to you. If I got to go in there and I got to fix somebody else's mess, for lack of better terms, then yeah, I'm going to charge you more because I have no idea what I'm walking into. I have no idea how long this is going to take, right? I don't know what happened. In that case there, I'm going to do a roadmap, which is basically an assessment. And we're going to assess your system. We're going to let you know. We're going to put together a proposal, a loan for SLW, and we'll go with it from there. But if it's something I built, then, yeah, I want to sit down if need be, and we're going to go over it twice a year just to make sure everything's fine. Another big one is, um, does the maintenance contract have an SLA, service level agreement, right? That is a agreement that says, OK, you call me, we're going to respond to you in a certain time period. Right? The more critical the application is, the faster response needs to be. If I am your CRM person and you have a problem, your system down, is broke, something's not working right, I'm on vacation for two weeks, I don't think you want to wait for me to get back to you in two weeks. right? So we need to have some type of SLA. In order to keep your lights on and the business running, because at the end of the day, this system, if done correctly, is going to run your business. Another factor to consider, too, is storage. So and here's what I mean by that. It's one of those little gadgets in the subscription plan. So most companies, software manufacturers, are going to have different levels or different plans that you can buy. The cheaper the plan, the less you're going to get. It's just that simple. The higher the plan does not necessarily mean the more you're going to get. I'd rather have a company that's paying me as a manufacturer 100 bucks per head per person. I would have them to pay me 18 bucks per head. But guess what? You get what you pay for. So I, just, I usually try and find out what someone's trying to accomplish. I give them the description of each and every plan. And I, I like to involve myself with the middle-of-the-road plan. The reason why I'm going to do the middle-of-the-road plan because it's not going to be something that's you're going to outgrow. It's going to be something that it's not going to be too much because you can always – Pay more than pay less, they frown upon that, and it's gonna get you where you need to be. So make sure you know the limitations of the plan, one of them storage or records, right? The other one is, they may say you only have so many pipelines, which is a different topic. The other one gonna say, okay, well, we only have so many pipelines. They may, they may say, okay, you only can get so many automations, which we talked about that a little bit earlier, we'll do a deeper dive on that later. So they're going to make it less restrictive because of what they want you to do. They want you to come back and spend more. When we started putting together this company um, in 2018, we looked at which CR manufacturer did we want to represent. And we looked at one that was free. It's like, okay, well, if they're free, that means more money for us. Well, free is not always free. Because once you got in the realm of actually doing anything with it, free went from free to 450 bucks per user per month. That's not free. And so the case here. If I got ten users that I started off at free, that's forty-five hundred bucks I'm asking them to start giving because they got locked into that system. We didn't want to do that, and so we wanted to have systems that were affordable, that didn't limit you as far as which storage capabilities and records and that kind of stuff, and the systems you can actually grow with. Those are some of the benefits. We're going to keep talking about buying for uh, shopping for a CM because this is a very important topic. Okay, who's going to use it and how? Okay, and let me kind of like do a deeper dive in that. If I'm in sales, I want something that's going to be sleek, nimble, and let me do my job, okay? Uh, If that's the case, I want to have that system where I can have a mobile application like I talked about earlier. I can drag and drop, go to my next appointment, and life is good, right? So I don't want something. I have to go through four screens or four different places just to input from one customer. That is nuts to me, right? So you want to make it Easier for the sales team because end of the day, it increases their production. And guess what? It increases your bottom line as an organization. Sales leadership. They care more about numbers, reporting, right? Forecasts, funnels, all the other stuff that leadership should be doing. Activity level. Is my salesperson performing? Are they are they performing? And why not? Are they making the necessary phone calls? Are they making the necessary sales calls? Are they sending out how many emails? Right. That's stuff I want to track. and it's, and it's not like the whole big brother thing. I want to track that as uses as a coaching opportunity, right? Okay, if, if we say that in order to be successful here, you need to make 250 phone calls, and they're not successful, and I turn out that they only make a 75 phone calls a week, well, we need to talk about that, right? And it's not a punitive perspective, but more of a coaching thing to say, you know what? If you just made those other 150 calls, you know where you will be? You know what your how your paycheck will look? Right, So I need to have those KPIs or those metrics in order for me to help my team grow. Operations is going to use it totally different. So we already talked about three different people who are going to use the system very differently. right? Operations, to give you a good example, when we do sales, when we we do CRM sales, it is a totally different process than CRM CRM setup. Here's a good example. So I go and I see a customer. I have to do a discovery call. I do the discovery call. They tell me exactly what they're trying to do. At that point, I got to put together a proposal. I got to put together the SOW, and hopefully, everybody's happy. We sign at the end. Now the work starts. Right? What are they going from and to what? So in the case here, if someone's going from, let me use Salesforce as an example to another tool, they got to shut Salesforce down. Then that means I have to do an entire backup, an entire system. Not that I'm importing it, but guess what? That data's forever gone. They may need that data, right? So I want to make sure that they have it. Other thing we got to make sure too that we do is that, okay, so you're doing that, but what type of records are you importing, right? It goes back to, are these leads I'm importing? Are these sales I'm importing? Are these contacts? What am I importing to, right? That goes back into CRM. It oper- goes to the setup again, right? How many pipelines? So you get my point. There is such difference in talking with that, and wouldn't it be great? If your operation person had a snapshot on what's coming down the pike, versus them getting surprised and found out, because salespeople are salespeople, I've been one of them, we need that deal at the end of the month, end of the quarter, so, oh, of course, we can do that. Yeah, sure, we can do that. And then you get the order, and guess what? Operation says you, you promised them what? Well, can't we do that? No, no, they need to have visibility what's coming down the pike prior to them actually getting it. And then we got to talk about administrators, right? The sales admin. Um, if you are a Salesforce administrative person, you're gonna make bacon ninety thousand a year. Well, it's a reason for that, right? So, good example is a disgruntled employee. Are they exporting their records because so they know they're on their way out, right? And if that's the case, how would you know? Are you protecting sensitive customer data? What is your security policies, right? Do you have to change your password every so often, right? How and how often is that? Is there a password scheme? What is, how many, when I mean a password scheme, can I say one, two, three, four, that's my password? Or do I need to have an alphanumeric password along with different characters in there to make that thing work? You gotta have an administrator in place, right? So if you need to change records from one person to the next, right? How would you do that? Salespeople, we're gypsies, we come and we go. So I'm here today, I'm going tomorrow. How do you change all their data over from this person to that person to make sure that the person that's coming in has everything that they need from day one, right? How do you do that, right? So those are four different functions that are touching that same product, and it's a disservice for them to have it only geared towards sales, right? Because it's not doing anything for them. And when you know what happens, if nothing's, if it does not suit their needs, you will not get user adoption. Don't get user adoption. Guess what? They're not going to use it, right? Because this thing sucks. It's 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 killing my time. It's not efficient for me. I don't want to use it. So what are you going to do? You're going to stop using it, right? So there you go with that multi-billion-dollar. You're not using it because you've made a bad investment. So, we have conversations here with all of our stakeholders, right? And we figure out, okay, sales, how are you going to use this? Sales leadership, how do you see it? Operations, how do you want to handle this, right? How are you going to manage your system from an administration administration perspective, right? Anyone who touches our system, I want to talk to you, and I want to talk to you now, so you're not talking to me later. And that's the whole thing. We start talking about CMs which department is going to use it. Let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Now, here's one that's a very interesting statistic that is becoming more prevalent every day. What email features do they have, right? And here's why I'm asking that question. Google this if you want. The average return for every dollar that's spent via email is 36 bucks, okay? So the question becomes, all right, do you, you have an email marketing scheme, right? And if so, how many emails are you gonna send out a month? Your CRM may not be able to handle it if you're talking about a few thousand emails per person per, per month, right? It may not handle it. So you may need a separate tool, but here's the question. Will that tool, if you decided to buy, integrate with your CRM? And if it doesn't, do you need any special tools? We're gonna to talk about those tools down the road. Because email is a very important strategy of for any, for any salesperson, right? Can you, do group e- can you do group emails, right? So it goes back to the whole vertical marketing. If I wanted to target all my realtors this month, right, can I take an email template, do, press a button, do a group email, send it all out at once, right? Can I do that? Does it have that feature? If it doesn't have that feature, do I have to buy that to add it on? Because at that point, free is not free anymore. Can you track an email and how often is it open, right? If I see someone that's read my email five, six times, that's a buying signal to me. Because at that point, if they keep reading my email over and over, that's them trying to understand it. So wouldn't it be nice if I had an automation that says, OK, if this person opened my email on the fifth time, go see him or call him, right? Tying that stuff together, that goes back to the next thing, automating your emails, right? Can we have delays Nick, How can we make those emails work for this thing? How can we use this as a weapon? The next one is huge. You have an opt-out strategy. That basically means I don't want to hear from you anymore. Don't send me no emails or none of that, right? we had hired a company to do email marketing for us and we did not know any better. And we hired them and luckily I bought a new email account. right? So it was not Allison at the Prairie Group, it was like marketing at the right? I was so grateful I bought that separate email address because that email did not make, it. did not make it day one past noon. It didn't because Microsoft and Google got mad at me because we were spamming people. Didn't have an opt out strategy, right? So, and we didn't warm up the email. What that basically means is this brand new email, start off slow, maybe 50 a day, right? And you start increasing. So, we didn't do that because, again, we didn't know any better. So, we hired a company and they got us all in trouble and they killed my email address because they didn't know what they were doing. They were marketing their services as a consultant. They really weren't. So, our email got burnt, did not help our reputation. These are things you got to have in place. And it only takes you a minute. You have an opt-out strategy. It's basically saying unsubscribe. I don't want to hear from you anymore. We're not interested in your product. I get so many emails every morning where everyone's going to make me rich. They haven't even talked to me before, right? But they get all these great ideas for the Prairie Group. And they, they don't even know what I'm doing. They think we're programmers. If we don't program. We, we do CRMs. So I politely hit opt out, but that is annoying when I get those emails all the time. Someone sent me an email two days ago. I haven't had a chance to touch it. They sent me another email today. Hey, have you read my last email? No, catch the hint. Maybe I'm not interested, right? But you have to have it opt out in order for you to do that. I do a lot with templates, email templates, just because it saves me a ton of time instead of me having to rewrite the email over and over and over again. Because at the end of the day, there are two things you got to have with an email strategy. There may be a couple more, but these are the things that work for me. If I got good data and I got good messaging, I'm going to have a good return. So when I write an email, I, I take my time to make sure that I'm writing it the correct way. I make sure that, that the call of action is in place. I make sure that I've taken the time to maybe know something about the individual's company. Because if they're going to open my email and actually had a decency to read it, I want to make it worth their time. But that's a whole different topic there in itself when you start talking about email strategy. Okay. So as we continue, here's a big one for me. And I'm going to show you some examples of this a little bit later on. Uh, Integrations, right? How does your system talk to other things? It's just that simple. And here's what I mean by that. So the latest rage is ChatGPT, okay? The AI, okay? If you use this tool called Zapier, there are over 5,000 companies that can connect to ChatGPT, and that's going to continue to grow. There's one company that we sell our CRM, they have over three thousand integrations, right? I am not that smart. Why I going to know how to all three thousand? These are native, right? So, with native integrations, just basically means that these things had the ability to talk to each other without you having to do a lot of stuff behind it. Okay, I'm I'm going to use those simple terms. I like native integrations all day long because things had a, the less it's more. Things don't break. When I started talking about open API, right? Open takes, API takes some technical expertise because you're telling that system program how to program to connect things together. right? It's just, it's just that simple. So I'll take native versus open API simply because it's easier, right? It's less room for error and I don't have to hire somebody on the other side. They have other tools out here called integramat and also Zapier, right? They have some special things in place, special API They've does some of the pre-running stuff. So at that point, you just worry about different types of tasks that need to happen. So you got to factor in how you integrate with your system. How are you going to do it? Is there any type of maintenance behind it? Do you need, to bring it, you need to bring in separate expertise in place? Because if you have a single pane of glass, I could be standing my record inside of my CRM and I can make a phone call. I can stand in it, it and it tracks it. If I can stay in my CRM, I can send a proposal and proposal's attached to my CRM to my record, that electronic file cabinet. Less is more because now I'm not jumping from system to system, trying to remember the file name, trying to remember where I put stuff at. I can have everything integrated in a nice, proper way. And these are the kind of tools that we talked about in terms of what's your overall CRM strategy. What are you trying to connect to? What are you trying to get done? The next one is pipeline and funnel strategy. It seems so simple, but it's not, right? And here's a good example. Um, I, if basically, it's real simple. How are you segmenting your data, right? So it goes back to the example earlier. I have a funnel for CRM sales. I have a funnel for CRM setup. Two separate different processes. Why would I want to lump them into one, right? I have. Um, is there a separate leads function, right? Or do I want to have my leads in one spot and my deals in another one? Here, here's, here's why that's important. I went to a trade show, trade show was great, I collected 100 business cards, Now I got to put them in a system as leads, right? Well, out of those 100, you may have people who just didn't have nothing else to do, so they decided to stop by your show, your booth. So that's a lead that would never go anywhere, but I had to make sure I track it. Do I want to pollute my deal funnel with my lead funnel, or do I wanna keep those totally separate? In my case, I wanna keep it totally separate because I want to have a strategy in place for the actual deals it's going to put money in my pocket that I'm working. The leads, I'm going to track. Don't get me wrong, because out of those 100, I may get 10. That's great. Send new customers. But on the same note, those other 90 don't need to be in my deals funnel until they're actually ready to be a deal. So I can click a button that converts my leads, which is in a separate category, to a deal. It's going to pull all my data over there, including my notes, for me having to Remember all of that stuff. That's what I mean, but you have a separate lease function? How are you going to handle web forms? Let me explain what that is. That is simply when you go on a website, someone has an interest, and they see that contact me button. They type their information in there. They want you to contact them. Okay. How do you handle that? Wouldn't right? you want that to be a separate pipeline so that way you can figure out, okay, the web person, the web person that you're paying monthly, their strategy is actually working? And you can actually see and run a report on how many leads you got from the internet or the web versus how many you got from other places. So I have that separate. Can you create custom data fields? Here's what I mean by that. All right, so any off-the-shelf system is going to give you the minimum, right? And then you got to start building it. So custom data field may be um, social security number, right? It may be birthday, right? So I would have to create a custom data field just for that. we have the information in there. But how am I going to protect it, right? So if I create a custom data field and I have a person's name, address, social security number, birthday, if I got the wrong employee, they're on a shopping spree without me even knowing it, right? So I need to have a mask in that field just to show the last four of that SSN number. So, but that goes back to the admin, that fourth person. I got to talk to him about what are their security policies, right? Um, and speaking of security policies, when someone enters my system, I know if they're I know when they're internet. I know if they're using a different machine, if they're diff- using a different location. Then it's not Big Brother watching me, but it's more so me having, aff- having information like that readily available. Um, of reports and dashboards. Here's what I would say when you start taking a look at that. Um, with, with all the stuff I'm telling you right now, I always tell people, let's, let's write it out first, right? Let's not change too much of what you're doing because if it's too convoluted, you're not going to do it. So let's talk about the KPIs and dashboards. Sales forecasts are going to always be important, because you know what? You want to know what am I bringing in every month? It's just that simple. Activities and goals. That's going to tie into the sales forecast because am I doing the things that I need to do in order me to hit my number? Marketing and territory analysis. What markets are strong, which ones are weak? And it gives me opportunity to know why. Okay? Because if I know that, then I can make tweaks and I can make changes. Right? Product analysis. Is there a space inside of my CRM that's going to show me my products? What's selling? What's hot? What's not? Right? I need to know that stuff because, again, I can make adjustments. Quarterly annual results, it goes back to the example if I wanted to give myself a 20% raise for this quarter. It's great to know what that 20% number is, right? Press of a button. And there's this other tool that's free, it's called Google Data Studio that you can attach to over 420 products as of today. It helps you to be able to do different types of reports, KPIs, and analysis. And for now, the tool is free. I highly recommend it. Uh, we use it with a lot of RCMs that we put in place right there. So now you're able to run numbers in different ways. Okay. So we talk about the reports and dashboards, workflow automations. Okay. We talked a little bit about integrations and that kind of stuff, but let's talk a little bit about workflow automation. So that's just a fancy term for you automating things. Okay. They're going to give it a name, right? So here's what I mean by that Does the company come with automations built in and it gives you the chance to customize it? Okay. I saw a customer. I needed to send them a thank you note for their time. I needed to put on my calendar to follow up in about a week ago based on our conversation we had today. So, here's what I would do I'm going to create an automation that says this the email template, I'm going to drag from stage that says contact made, prospect qualified, right? So, drag and drop. That's all I'm doing from one stage to the next stage. <laughs> Can yes. you
2: show them that? We have a lot of interest on they want to see this something, uh, a demo. So
0: are yep. you able to? Yes. So here's what I did, right? All right. So I went to automation, right? I did this. So I said, okay, open this up right here. So my deal is updated. So I'm going from one screen to the next, right? And I say, okay, here's a deal pipeline. I'm going to say, okay, I need to call them. In four days, okay. So the activity subject is follow-up phone call. So my action is send an email using a template. I have a team email. I have a template that's built into it, and it goes out. So what it basically did there is when I drag from one stage to the next stage, email automatically goes out. It places my phone call to call them in four. It places in my calendar to call them in four days. So what I mean is the automation is built in. It's real simple. So in this case here, they give you templates right? An activity follow-up, engage with deals, get in touch with new deals, right? They give you stuff you can actually build because if I want to build my own, I can do it here. I can go to email. I could use a template or I can do my own. If I want to go to campaigns, which is an email marketing tool, activities, so about right here, email, ring button automation, right? I can get automation to name and I can start building that automation into place. That's one of the things that we actually do there because it's going to say add new trigger, right? So, add new trigger is um, activity. Put that over here. Activity created, updated. So, the activity created is deal with updated, send
1: email out. So, we go through the triggers in order to make that work. Okay. Did that answer that question? Yeah, I think they want to see more of the tool, more of a software
2: the tool, uh, how, you know, just a demo, a quick demo, what it looks like. You mentioned pipelines and...
0: Yeah, so we go here,
1: okay? This is a pipeline, right? So if I go here, right, and I click right here, I could do this. So I I hit the phone number, right?
0: So now it's ringing, okay? So now it's ringing. If I don't answer,
1: I can do this, voicemail. I could say this, submit. It just hung up, and it just sent them a voicemail drop. So the person didn't answer, able to hang up,
0: do a voicemail drop, and we're good to go. From there, I could do this. I could say, okay, what was the outcome? I could say they hung up, sent a text message, spoke with live users. So these are all the dispositions I could put in place. It's going to automatically save inside of the system itself so this is what that would look like so we go back to and I got a lot of stuff going right now open we go back to here so that's the number i just called so what it does is this every email i sent is saved when i just sent an outgoing call the call was missed so it puts the disposition in here okay I wanted to send out a like here is a PowerPoint, the last week's presentation. It shows a paperclip, it has it right there. So when I say single pane of glass, I'm able to look one spot and everything is there. This is what you want your CRM to do. When I start talking about statistics, I can take a look right here. Okay. It's going to show me my top, ac- top activities.
2: Okay. You this- have a question,
0: Allison? Yes. Yep. Is the
2: phone integration a different system than Pipedrive?
0: Yes, that's a system I use called Kixie. So when I started talking about integrations, and again, I'm just using Pipedrive as an example because it was up. This is what I mean by integrations, right? If I go here, I go to Marketplace. These are things you can actually integrate here, okay? So there are a ton of them, right? But if I wanted to find out what phone systems would integrate, let me just go into one of these and I'm gonna pull it up and do a search. This is another one I can integrate, right? Which is a proposal tool. So when, you integ- when you're having your systems in place, make sure you have a marketplace that shows
1: some things that you could implement and you can integrate with without you having to be a programmer. Did that answer the question? Could you repeat the name of that program? Which, which oh, Kixie, For- K K-I- oh. I, Yes, Kixie, K-I-X-I-E.
0: There's another one. So there are a few of them on the market right now. Kixi's out there and price point, right? That is, starts at 35 bucks. They have another one. Is, uh, another version is at 65 bucks per month. There's also Aircall. They're pretty good. They do integrations. The other one is JustCall. So there are different programs that are out there. It's just really on which one's going to fit your needs, right? And so in my case, we do a lot of phone calls. And so we want to be effective and quick. So we do a lot of stuff with voicemail drop. I don't thing voicemail drop is it's a pre-recorded message. So if we make a hundred phone calls, you may get 20 that answer. And so then we having to keep saying over and over, hi, this is Alice from the prairie group. We're calling you about No. Nope. We record it, it'll answer. We do voicemail drop and we're on to our next thing. But it go, it goes back to what I was saying earlier as far as efficiency and saving you time because I want to have everything into one place. I don't need to have, I, I can have multiple programs, but I don't need to be going to multiple places to put keep putting
1: in different data. Did that answer it? I think so. And Chelsea, if you have any other insights or any other additional questions you'd like to ask, feel free to pop them in the chat or the Q&A. Well, I, I would say this, uh, hopefully this has been helpful for everybody. Um,
0: we started this company. We started off as a training organization. We really believe very strongly about educating people in terms of like what makes the most sense. When you're a small business, you can really get caught up um, buying a new and latest widget because it looks good. It looks cool, right? And we did a lot of that stuff. we were buying stuff, didn't know how to use it, and it wasn't making sense. And so we scaled back not only on buying stuff or using the software product, but even on the stuff that we sold, and just learn how to get very proficient in a few different things, it made life a lot easier. Um, and this is where the whole consulting stuff comes in. Oh, here's here's another uh, thing for you. All software companies give free trials. Okay. That basically means you're gonna be able to try it before you buy it. I strongly invent I strongly encourage you to take advantage of that. Um, Salespeople are paid on a incentive, right? And so if you get a free trial, there's no point you sitting back there trying to do it yourself. We are a Kixi partner that ties into Pipedrive whenever someone wants Kixie, I can always put them in touch with the Kixie rep. It is his job to help you. So if so you sit up here looking at YouTube and videos and trying to figure it out, let them go to work. It's going to save you a lot of time. And plus, there are things that the system just may not be able to do. You know, we, we worked on one application. But they wanted to have a lot of different types of text messaging. And we went through three or four applications and found out this just wasn't for him. It couldn't be done. But he, would just, he still would be trying to figure this out. And that was like six months ago.
1: Allison, I have a quick question. Yes.
2: For the business owners who are on the call right now, could you suggest maybe a handful or less of, CRM tools that you think would be worth them checking out, that you've utilized, that could be beneficial for them?
0: Sure. So, Pipe Drive's a good one. Um, Monday's a good one. Um, Those are two that stand out a lot. HubSpot is good, as long as you know your limitations, right? And here's what I mean by that. Go to their pricing guide, you're gonna see that they start you off free, but then you start adding more and more users. It gets very expensive very quick, but it's a very, it is a very good tool, right? Um, those are three that I know work. Those are three that they're user-friendly because at the end of the day, if you have systems where you have like this enormous learning curve, you're not gonna use them. Um, those, are, those are the top three that stand, in my, that, stand in me, that stand in my mind. Um, you got more and more coming out every day. Um, doesn't mean they're good. Here's the, other, here's the other advice I would give to you too. What's their support like, right? Um, so if you, if you do it on your own, what is, their, what is that company's support like? And when I first started this, I was working with a company. Unbeknownst to me, their support was based in India. Well, guess what? They're asleep right now. And when I'm asleep, they're awake. And so it was a nightmare because me trying to get the support that I needed had me to shift my hours wow. in order for me to be on their time in order to get support I needed. The other thing, too, if you do do it yourself, and I'm always trying and get like, a, so I'll say this. When people come to me and they say, hey, I want to do it myself, you know what? Here, I give them cliff notes on how to get started on what to do because everybody does not have budget to hire somebody to Help them set this thing up. So make sure you get those cliff notes to save yourself a lot of time. Make sure you have that support in place. If you don't, it's going to be a nightmare. Find out, to when you have support, what type of support, right? Um, Is there going to be somebody you're going to be able to chat with? Or is it going to have to be a email conversation, right? Or a chat box? There should always be an opportunity for you to talk to a live agent without you coming out of your pocket because these things break. Mm-hmm. It's software. What are
2: your What are your thoughts on Salesforce? I know that's.
0: A... It's a great tool, right? It's just out of it's it's, it's out of my price range, mm-hmm. right? Um. So Salesforce is a great tool. They're, they're starting to do more things geared towards a small business owner, which I think is great. But I'm also seeing, like I said, we we've had. Two Salesforce conversions in the last month. And the reason why is because there was a learning curve and they didn't know how to use it. And so when they did an analysis and found they were spending all this money on something that wasn't being used, that's why they shut it down. So Salesforce is a very powerful tool. If you do go with it, Salesforce has this online product called Trailhead, T-R-A-I-L-H-E-A-D. They do a very good job as far as their knowledge base. And you can, if you do go with that, Spend time in Trailhead to understand how you're using it, right? How are you going to administrate that thing? And that way, you don't have to spend that 100 some odd, 200, 300 bucks an hour getting a consultant because you're a small business owner. You may not have that revenue aside just for that. Mm -hmm. So, to answer that question a little bit differently, the tools I was saying earlier are more geared towards the SMB market, right? Where you don't have to. Shorter learning curve, less out of cash, less out of pocket expense, right, and something that's customizable. So that's so when I mentioned those three, that was the reason behind that.
1: Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Anything else? Any other questions? Anything else? Anybody want to see? While everyone's gotcha. thinking about it, so okay. it while everyone's thinking about that, I just want
2: to say that if you are in the Goodyear, Avondale, Scottsdale, or Tempe Hub and you would like to dive a little bit deeper into CRMs, you can definitely book a session with Allison through the technical assistance program. I did include my email in the chat if you have any questions about those programs. The Mesa and Phoenix programs will be relaunching in July. So if you were in those cities, you can absolutely apply for the program to be awarded hours to work with our advisors. Allison is one of those advisors and we have tons of advisors in many different disciplines. We have lawyers, we have business strategists, marketers, all of that good stuff. So if you have any questions on that program, please let me know. Um, It doesn't look like we have, oh, we do have one more question in the Q&A from Rachel. She says, I'm looking at using active campaign software. That's what we use. Any familiarity with that company? They did have an onboarding tutorial. So that was a okay. nice.
0: Yeah. So active campaign, um, it is a very good email marketing campaign. They do have some CRM functionalities that are associated with it. So I, I, I look at them as I look at active campaigns and constant contact, like in the same category where they do have some CR, they do have CRM functionalities. But there could be some limitations on the functionalities as far as CRMs. Now, when it comes down to the email, email marketing, hands down, they're fantastic. So here, here's what I would say, Rachel. Write down your objectives on what you want the system to do. Then go to their pricing on their web. You're going to have different price points and then compare the plans versus what you want to do, right? If it does, 80 to 90% of what you want to do and it's it's a cost-effective solution, then do it. If it doesn't, then keep looking for different options, but no, it's it's a great program. Thanks again for coming out today. Hopefully you learned something as far as this whole entire CRM process. Really appreciate you showing up today. Thank you.